how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. This episode is brought to you by IronJohnGear.com. In between your creative pursuits, make sure to check out Iron John Gear for top apparel, footwear, fitness items, outdoor supplies, sports gear, and much more. Visit the website for top deals on things like lanterns, backpacks, tents, snow clothing, bomber hats, sunglasses, fishing gear, and more. Visit ironjohngear.com today and save money on your next adventure. In addition to Iron John Gear, make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. Alexander Nevsky was just a, quote, skinny kid in Moscow before he started bodybuilding and won Mr. Universe three times. Occasionally known as the Russian Arnold Schwarzenegger, Nevsky is now an actor, writer, and producer. In this interview, he describes the origin of his discipline, why he doesn't want to ever play the cliche Russian bad guy, as well as the backstory behind his new film, Showdown in Manila. You know, it's a long story because uh, I was a skinny kid in Moscow in the 80s, and it was still Soviet Union, you know, and uh, I remember I watched Conan the Destroyer at Moscow Film Festival out of competition because they never released Arnold's film in Soviet Union in theaters, but I watched it, and I was so inspired by him and his story and his muscles. I mean, like millions of people around the world. So I started to do bodybuilding, and... Uh, uh, by the middle of 90s, uh, after the perestroika, I was already a big celebrity over there because I became become kind of like a first official bodybuilder, legal bodybuilder. Because before perestroika, bodybuilding was illegal. Can you imagine? It was illegal in Soviet Union. We couldn't even make a, name it bodybuilding. It was athletic gymnastics. You know, uh, they did, we didn't have it as a sport. It was kind of like underground thing. But uh, like in 1993, Russian TV decided to produce documentary full-length documentary about uh, Russian bodybuilding, and uh, I was 20 years old at the time, but uh, they put me as the main star because I had a very good story at the time. So I was skinny, I became big, and also I was a boxer, and I was graduating from Moscow State University of Management, and uh, they put me on TV, and about like 30 million people watch it, and next day I woke up and I was popular. So I started to do my own TV show uh, in Russia, on Channel One Russia, a weekly TV show, and I started to write articles uh, about healthy lifestyle and uh, later about entertainment and everything. I wrote three books 
about bodybuilding. Basically, what I did over there in 90s, it was the same thing Arnold did here in 70s and 80s because it was kind of like a fitness revolution over there at the time. And uh, the, everything was perfect. And by the end of 90s, that was kind of like a household name over there. There, there was just one problem. Uh, the problem was we didn't have movie business at the time because movie business in Soviet Union was huge. Movie industry was huge. It's just uh, after the collapse of Soviet Union, uh, government star stopped to support uh, film business. So basically they started to produce movies and uh, uh, basically lost it. And in 1999, when I moved to California first time, total box office in Russia, total box office was like $2 million. $2 million. I mean, last year it was $1.5 billion, you know. But in 99, it was like that. So I moved here and I went to UCLA. That I went to Lee Strasberg Theater Institute and I learned acting over there. And I produced my first film in 2003. It's called Moscow Heat. I wrote the script for that. And uh, what I did... Actually, situation in Russia changed a little bit by that time. And uh, total box office was about $70 million at the time, which was still peanuts for big studios. But I knew what was going on. I knew it's getting back. So my first film was released in Russia in 2004. And we, uh, we shot it in English with Hollywood cast and crew. Michael York w- was with me in a movie. And Adrian Paul from Highlander TV show, he was with me in a movie. And some Russian co-stars. We shot it in English. We dubbed it completely into Russian for the Russian theatrical release. It was a hit. It was my first film, but it was a hit, and probably all these people who watched me in Russia on TV in the 90s, they went and watched my first film. And because it was in English, we were able to sell it to like 40 countries internationally. And in the States, it was released straight to DVD, but it was a different time for DVD. I'm sure you remember, it was like Kalut Video and uh, Blockbuster stores. It was on every corner. So they released it here. And uh, uh, so after that, I produced 10 films and, you know, Showdown in Manila, my new one, which was already released in Russia. It was theatrical hit in Russia. It will be released here in the States on January 23rd in theaters and on demand, unlimited theaters and on demand. So it's hard for me to say when I decided exactly to become actor, writer, producer, whatever, but it all started when I was a kid and when I fell in love with Hollywood movies, I think. It's like that. Where do you think that initial that initial discipline came from to start working out and, and get to that like phenomenal physique you got to? In my case, it was really very easy because uh, uh, a couple of things. First thing is, I mean, it was Soviet Union, and officially, I mean, it was socialist country, and officially, uh, we didn't have like rich people, poor people, but still, you know, there were people with money, without money, and my mom, you know, my father never supported my mom, and my mom had to work like uh, almost like 15 hours a day to support uh, me and my sister because we were little kids. And my mom, we, ne- we never had money, you know, but my mom was always uh, positive and optimistical. And, uh, I mean, she was always smiling. And she told me many times when I was a kid, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happened with you now. If you're ready to fight for your future, if you're ready to change your life, your life will change. So huge uh, discipline I probably will come from her. Because she was working, I mean, seven, uh, seven days a week, you know, just to, uh, just to make me and my sister happy. And, I mean, we were happy kids. I just didn't know at the time how hard it was for her. I didn't understand that at the time. And that was first thing. Second thing is uh, I joined boxing gym first. And before even I started bodybuilding, I was a boxer already. And I think boxing, it's, it's a great sport. And uh, I did it as an amateur 
But for many years, and later I started kickboxing. And by the way, in Showdown in Manila, I'm acting with one of my idols, Don the Dragon Wilson, who is like 11 times kickboxing world kickboxing champion. And he was my idol when I was doing kickboxing when I was a kid. So I think my discipline is from my mom, from her example, and from boxing. Do you think it's important to have, you know, real martial artists and real bodybuilders in films? Do you think it brings something extra to a film? To be honest with you, uh, in my case, if we talk about Showdown Manila, it was definitely important and definitely great because I was having huge fun. Mark Dacascas, who is an icon in martial arts, he was a director of Showdown Manila. He was making his directorial debut. And, uh, I mean, I like Mark. He's my friend, and I love his movies, as well as Kasper Wangin, who did, like, great films, action films before, like Starship Troopers, and he was great in Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow, and he did some other things. And all the other guys, uh, Don Dragon Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, who was North American karate champion, Olivia Gruner, who was a uh, kickboxing world champion himself, Kerry Tagawa, who did, like, great movies like uh, Mortal Kombat, you know, Matthias Hughes, and uh, even Tia Carrera, so many, there's so many familiar faces from 80s, 90s, 2000s, and they still in a great shape. They still entertain the audience, but also, I mean, they're real. And when you see Olivier Grunier, I mean, doing his stuff, I mean, he was uh, in the Foreign Legion, for God's sake, in reality, you know, and I mean, you believe in it. And with all due respect to action heroes like, I mean, like Keanu Reeves, and uh, some other guys, I mean, they had, like, very great training before their movies. But there's something missing about, I, I don't know if you agree with me, uh, but something which was in 80s and 90s when real champions were showing all that martial arts without, without cable, without CGI. They were doing it in real, uh, in real life. So for me, I don't know uh, about anyone else, but for me, Showdown in Manila, to have them in Showdown in Manila, I mean, it was unbelievable. It was huge fun. I definitely agree. I, I grew up on, like, Jackie Chan films, so it's always something real when he's doing it. And you can, Otherwise, you're almost like watching for the stuntman. It's, it's way different when someone actually knows their stuff versus some training before filming. Exactly. I agree. I completely agree. Um, I've also read that you've turned down some roles because you didn't want to play the stereotypical bad Russian. Can you elaborate on, on some of those movies you turned down and, and why that was important for you? You know, it's funny, because uh, I didn't want to do that film in 2000 and 2001. Uh, but look what's going on in the world right now, in a freaking 2018. Look what's going on now. I mean, we kind of like have another Cold War. And it's funny, because uh, I was flying uh, between Moscow and L.A. It's a straight flight, but it's about like 13 hours flight, right? And I watched several movies in a row, like November Man, and it was Pierce Brosnan killing Russians. It was, after that, I watched Taken 3. It was Liam Neeson killing Russians. After that, I watched Equalizer. And it was Daniel Washington killing Russians. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I think it's very easy to shoot film about hate. It's very easy to support another Cold War. But it's much harder. And uh, I think it's the right thing not to support it, but fight it. And when I, uh, I mean, you can imagine, in, in, in 2001, when I, was, when I was offered my first film, it was The Order, The Order, O-R-D-E-R, -E The Order, film with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Charlton Heston. I mean, and Jean-Claude is one of my heroes. 
and Jean-Claude offered it to me personally. I mean, it was a small part, but I never did movies before. And it could be like, it could be reason for my Screen Actors Guild card, for me to get an agent. Uh, Sheldon Letich, who directed him in Double Impact, was a director of that one. Avi Lerner, who later produced Expendables, was a producer. I mean, for me, it was like a huge opportunity. And again, Jean-Claude, who was my idol. But when I read the script, and I figured out that they want me to play bad, stereotypical Russian, who just, I mean, he's on screen for a couple of uh, minutes. He's having fight with Jean-Claude's character. He is, I mean, uh, he's getting his ass kicked and whatever. And I understand it's a movie, but it's not what I wanted to do. And I never betrayed my audience because I came to Hollywood not to play Russian idiots and Russian uh, bad guys. I, did, I never did that. I didn't do it at the order. I didn't do it when Columbia TriStar offered me part at the TV show. You probably watched it on TV. It was for a couple of seasons. It's called The Battle Dome. It was kind of like American Gladiators. Yeah. Uh, also, they wanted me to play that stereotypical Russian with like a uh, uh, big star uh, on, his, uh, on his pants or whatever, like red star on his pants. I mean, it could have been a good job, a nice paycheck, but it's not what I wanted to do. And uh, when I started to produce films, starting Moscow Heat, which I already mentioned, it was film where Russian and American together fight against evil, not against each other, you know, against evil. And it's the same thing in Showdown in Manila, like uh, 12 years later, it's the same thing. Because I'm playing Russian guy, Kasper Wandin's playing America, Morgan Wilson is an American, I mean, uh, Olivier Brunner is a French, Matthias is German, I mean, uh, Tia Carrera, she's American, Hawaiian, uh, and Filipino little. We also have Filipino stars, we have Russian stars in the film. And we're all together like a team fighting terrorism, not each other, if you understand what I mean. So for me, it was important. It was important 15 years ago when I decided not to do movies like that. And it's important for me now. And I think now it's even more important. So I completely against anti-Russian stereotypes here and in Hollywood. And also I completely against anti-American stereotypes in Russia. I never did anti-American movies. I never, I never did any anti-American interviews or whatever because I like America a lot. And I like Russia also. So I'm trying to be like, you know, like a bridge <laughs> between Hollywood and Russia. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, so you're listed as one of the writers and one of the, uh, the stories listed is, is from you as well. Where did the idea originally come from for this new movie? Of course, I was inspired. Uh, if we talk about Showdown in Manila, I was really inspired by Expendable franchise, which Sly Stallone did. And I know Sly personally, and he's one of my idols. And I, when I was a boxer, I mean, I was so much inspired by Rocky which is one of the greatest movies, first one, well, one of the greatest movies ever made, in my opinion. So I just wanted to get together all these people who he couldn't get to the expendable, you know, because all these guys, Kasper Wandin, Kerry Tagawa, Tia Carrera, I mean, they all deserve to be an expendable, you know, because if you remember the first one, he had like Eric Roberts, Steve Austin, even Gary Daniel, I mean, and all the other guys. So uh, I was inspired by expendables, and I wanted to get all other guys together, all my favorite actors together. And uh, also, if I talk about the story, uh, I want them uh, I wanted them to be together, as I said, as a team against the terrorism. And also, I wanted to have, I wanted to have a comedy in a film. So Craig Hammond, uh, the guy who wrote the script, I mean, he did it great because we have, a, we have a comedy, we have action. I mean, it's all, and a little bit of expendable, you know, because of all that name. 
And plus, we shot it, really. We shot it in Philippines. We shot it in Manila. We shot it in the real jungle. And uh, the guy who was our uh, Filipino co-producer, Chris Santiago, his father, Sirio de Santiago, he produced so many Hollywood studios, uh, Hollywood movies which were shot over there, like Apocalypse Now uh, and uh, all other, even Kill Bill, because they shot a lot of films uh, in Philippines before. You know, so, for example, we have a, when you watch the film, you will see some uh, scenes in the jungle and on the river. It was freaking same river where they shot the Francis Ford Coppola movie. You know, and just uh, so uh, that was an idea. And I think I think when you watch it, you will have fun, you know, because we had so much fun making that. Um, you've got so much going on as an actor and as a writer and a producer. Are, are there ever moments when you're feeling overwhelmed or unfocused? And if so, what do you do to kind of get back on track? To be honest with you, as I told you, I was a skinny kid in Soviet Union, and I was dreaming. I was just dreaming about that. So for me, to live my dream, and by the way, I represent Russia at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So I represent Russia at the Golden Globe Awards at the, this Sunday. You know, that will be another huge thing for me. So, I mean, uh, there's no complaint. It's just I'm living my dream. And I just hope that you, should, that you will mention, you know, to your readers and to your audience that if Kinnik from Moscow made it happen, any guy can do it too. You, just, you shouldn't wait. You should just stand up and try and push for your dream. You know, so, for example, on my previous film on Black Rose, which you can find on Netflix, you know, in Black Rose, I was also a director and a producer and an actor. It, it was extremely tough, but it was a huge fun. So, uh, and when I need some uh, relax time, I just go to the gym. I just go to the gym, train for an hour and a half, and it's a, it's a great relaxation for me, so I'm ready to work again, you know. So a lot of people that I've interviewed, uh, especially recently, say that if they work out in the day, it's almost part of their ritual to get into their writing habit or their creative habit. Do you see the two as, as a connection that way as well? Definitely. Definitely. Because, uh, uh, as I told you, I was kind of part of the fitness revolution in Russia in Nigeria, you know. And I'm so glad that right now I live in California, which is basically motherland of the fitness revolution, right? Everyone is working out over here. It doesn't matter who you are. You, you can be writer, actor, doctor, lawyer, everyone uh, trying to be in shape. I just think that when you believe in yourself more, it's much easier for you to be creative, you know? And, and uh, if you look better, if you feel better, if you got, got sick much uh, less often because you're getting stronger, it's, uh, I mean, only great and positive things in your life. So I definitely think there's a connection. And uh, I know that uh, it's very fashionable now and uh, popular here in the gyms on every corner. And it's great because me, you know, uh, I love bodybuilding. And not because I, I won't miss a universe three times, not because of that. I love it. Even, you know, when I just run around or just do dumbbells for like 30 minutes, it's, it's, it's the best time of the day. And that's actually, as you asked me before, that's how... I can't keep going because I know that I'll go to the gym, get my strength back. It doesn't matter how tired I am. I just get it back, you know, and just uh, enjoy it again. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter. We also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. 
In addition to the free course, you will get access to the ebook How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.